I encourage everyone to take a moment and breathe and take a tea cheers with a Jiri tea. A Jiri tea recognizes the beauty in shared stories and shared opportunities. Ajiri sources award-winning tea from Kenya, employs women in the region to handcraft the labels, and sends 100% of the profits back to the region to support orphan education. Save 10% on your order of Kenyan teas and coffee with the code BEAUTIFULLYHUMAN at ajiritea.com. A-J-I-R-I-T.com. Tea mugs up! Hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Human Podcast. I'm Nick Sheesby. In this podcast, I speak with beautiful humans from all around the world, sharing with you their incredible stories, revealing the power in every human story to spread love and humanity to a world that is in desperate need of it, to show that we can all connect in beautiful ways, no matter where we come from or what we look like. What you will find out is that we are all beautifully human. Let's all be beautifully human. Hello and welcome to the Beautifully Human podcast. I am Nick Sheesby and today I'm hanging out with Hema Vias and we have such a beautiful conversation. Just hearing her voice and her energy is just so calming but the wisdom that she has is truly, truly incredible. I know you will learn so much You'll truly enjoy this. Uh, If you enjoy this podcast, follow along on Spotify and on Instagram at The Beautifully Human Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and enjoy this beautiful conversation between Hema and I. I love to start these out with a very broad and overarching question and let you kind of take our conversation wherever it may go and say... Tell me the story of your life. Great question. So the story of my life, gosh, who doesn't want to be in this place, right? Being able to just talk about themselves for a little while. Um, But I I would like to think that I've got a very unique and yet very similar to lots of other people. I know that's a paradox, but that is literally the story of my life. You know, everything is a paradox. Everything is east and west and everything is up and down and everything is, you know, the in and the out. And the the paradoxes are really what defines me. Um, So my story is very simply that I was born in Africa, um, moved over to India very early on, and then literally grew up in England. So England is my home. And yet I would say I'm definitely a citizen of the world and the planet. And then sometimes I think, but am I of this planet? Because there are times when I just look at myself and watch myself and my thoughts and the way that I am because of my experiences, I sort of often wonder, you know, how do I really fit into this world? And how did I get to be here? And who am I really in relation to the rest of the world? And these are questions that have really been with me since a very young age. And so, you know, very, very young age because of some of the experiences. So my sort of both at one point, my dad sort of left to come to England. And then a little while later, my mum left and came to England. So we were, myself and my brother were left with my grandparents and various other relatives around us. And uh, so, you know, I think it sort of shaped my thinking in terms of becoming very cognizant, very conscious, very early. So I have very, very early memories from when I was sort of as young as about three, you know, just really worrying about my brother, suddenly conscious of my safety. And it's something, you know, that made me really realize the impact of childhood experiences on adulthood. Because, you know, we don't always stop to think about it. And that's what, you know, made me want to become a psychologist because I really wanted to understand my experiences, how they shaped me and how they influenced me and how they impacted me. So I was on a long journey, you know, to really go back to my roots and try and sort of make sense of the world that I was born into. And so that's, that's sort of the beginning 
of my life and and then of course growing up in England you know met with lots of different cultures and growing up in London specifically which is incredibly cosmopolitan and you just don't really feel you know sort of the exclusivity here in some respects and in other respects of course you do again the paradox because in some ways it's so cosmopolitan Nick that you know you don't look at people as color or where they come from. You don't question it. People speak all different languages, all different accents, all different colors, all beautifully human, you know? So it's so wonderful to see and be a part of. And yet on the other hand, England is very, very much a very traditional country, you know? It's got its heritage. And I sort of spent time working at uh, Kensington Palace, which is one of of course, the oldest sort of, you know, heritages that we have in this country. And so you sort of really realise, you know, that the deep, deep roots, you know, that belong to England and the traditions and the way that things work and people. And so it's, you know, it's been an incredible journey of really trying to find myself within that space. On the one hand, feeling like I completely fit in. On the other hand, feeling like I just completely don't. And so really trying to make sense of how the two paradoxes sort of come together. And that's been the sort of, you know, real driving force in my life. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. All right, where in Africa were you born? Uh, so I was born in Kenya, Nairobi, and I'm of Indian origin and a lot of Indians settled out there because there was a point where, you know, it was sort of colonized and a lot of Indians migrated to Africa for work. And, you know, my grandfather would have been one of them. So he was born and um, lived in Tanzania. My dad was born in Tanzania, Um, but then they moved to Kenya and I was born myself and my brother, we were both born there. Okay. So how how long did you spend in Kenya? Oh, I was literally about six to eight months. When ah, I left. okay, okay. So no time at all. I've never been back either. So oh, wow. it's not a country I've ever explored. Sure. What about India? How long were you there? So there I was a bit longer. So I was in India until about the age of about five. I can't remember exactly because... So we sort of came to England and then we went back and forth to India quite a lot. So even now, I still, up until the pandemic, I uh, used to run uh, and still will be doing uh, running retreats in India. So every year I go back to India at least once. This is the first year I haven't been back in about 14 years. Yeah, That's amazing. What, What are your retreats that you run there? So they're Ayurvedic retreats. Ayurveda is, you know, the sort of Indian way of life. It's more than just sort of treatments and, you know, it's a science, it's a philosophy, it's wisdom, it's packed with so much wisdom. And so the retreats are really Ayurvedic. So I do yoga, I do jnana, Raja Yoga, which is popularly known as Kundalini Yoga, Mm. Um, meditation, um, they have Ayurvedic treatments, all the beautiful massages with lots of oils out in nature, and we do lots of chanting, and I teach like the philosophy, um, the the sort of science to life, if you like. Oh, that's amazing. That's so Mm. cool. And so I'm sure it was just because of the consequences of the year that you weren't able to go this year. Wow, I think that's so amazing that you are still getting to go to a country that you spent time in as a a kid and get to go back there and share all of that. And do people come from all over the world to your retreats? Um, Yes and no. So, you know, yes, because I have people who are from all over the world as part of my client base. Um, But, you know, predominantly it's people who have worked with me who have been coming so far. Um, But that's now extending, you know, now sort of, it was very exclusive because it's quite intense. 
you know, the work that we do is very intense. So we need to make sure people are really ready that they've done quite a bit of work with beforehand. But now as, you know, things are expanding, people are coming from all over. So now it's open to a lot more people. And just literally, just before the lockdown, we were opening it up to other people. And okay. then, you know, the sort of lockdowns happened. So. Yeah. So what did it look like? Were you able to do any of your practices online? Were you able to kind of shift a little bit with it, even though we were all locked down? Yeah, so it's been an amazing year, you know, in some respects, it's been a tough year for a lot of people, of course. But in other respects, it's been wonderful. We've been able to sort of pivot the business to online because I'm a speaker. And so where I would have had to fly out to different places to be able to speak, it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy and a lot of resources, as you can imagine. And so, you know, I was able to do a lot of things online. So I've been doing a lot of things online my work slightly was impacted but slightly continued in the sense that I could do some people you know some zoom sessions I certainly couldn't do the retreats because they're very very immersive and experiential so we sort of missed out on that and of course some people couldn't because their environment didn't allow them to do online you know even if it's speaking they couldn't really sort of speak because people were around them and you don't have the privacy you know Um, so yeah so in some respects it's been wonderful though because we've been able to connect like you are with your podcast we've been able to connect with so many more people this last year um, all over the world you know we've been speaking to people sort of far and wide Australia and America and everyone in between so it's been really kind of cool yeah it is I mean there are silver linings throughout this thing like nobody wanted to deal with it nobody wants to go through it nobody nobody wanted it and it, it, it was so horrible for so many people we lost so many people but it is really neat to see how it can shift and like you said you get to speak with people all over the world i mean i wouldn't have started this had it not happened and i wouldn't have had this conversation and the other conversations i've had with people all over and been enriched with these stories so yeah i think i think it's nice that everybody was able to kind of not everybody but people were able to shift and maneuver into an online space where it did open up more of of the world and yeah gave you speaking opportunities that you didn't have to expend the energy for flying to because it does i mean when you're traveling a ton it takes it out of you and then if you have to speak and be engaging and all of that, I mean, it's, it's quite tough. It is. It is. And not to mention the carbon footprint. So ah, yes. Be... Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Um, so growing up in England, um, what was that experience like once you got there and were settled in? Like, how were the kids? Were, did, you, did you have a good childhood? Were you accepted? What, what was that like for you? Yeah, great questions. So, you know, children are amazing because they don't see differences, you know, they only see similarities. And but it's only when you look back and you think, wow, that was really interesting. So, you know, on the whole, I would say I was really accepted. So we had I was at a junior school where basically um, at the end of the year, one one girl from the year and one boy from the year um, won a trophy like they were the sort of they won what was called the John Wells trophy which was parents had donated a child who had died young and so they donated it just as an in memory of him and uh, for four years running you know I won the trophy and and it was amazing looking back at the time I just took it for granted it's like oh I won great wonderful but looking back I think well that's quite an achievement considering I was quite shy didn't really you know sort of speak up because you know I just learned English as a second language Um, but I you know immersed myself in the school very easily and I'm very friendly and easy to talk to and I think people like me kids liked me and I liked all the kids and so you know and I liked the teachers and I was you know did well so 
It was really lovely looking back, though, to think that, you know, I would have been somebody that would have stood out. I wouldn't have thought I would be somebody who would naturally stand out, given the circumstances. Um, but when I look back and tell that story, the first time I told that story it really hit me that, wow, that was quite um, an achievement, not of from myself, but an achievement of the school that I was able to blend in. Because at the time, I think my brother was one of the other kids in the school. And I think there was much later, there was another brother and sister that came along, but we were the only kind of brown skin kids, you know? Yeah. So that was pretty amazing to think that they really did accept me. On the flip side, you know, there was also a memory of, um, you know, I was naturally a good actress and, you know, because I put my heart and soul into everything I did. And so every time I had to go do a play or, you know, learn my lines, I was, you know, there, you know, giving it all. And so for the end of the final year school play, there was a um, Oliver Twist was our actual play and I really wanted to play Nancy and of course I didn't get picked for the part and it was the first time that I was not picked for a lead role uh, and it was okay. one of the most important crucial roles because it was a final year play and of course the girl who got it was blonde haired and blue eyed and and that was when it really struck me because that's when somebody said oh but you wouldn't get the part because you know you're dark skinned dark hair dark eyed and I was like oh that didn't even occur to me. Sure, yeah. And so that was that was really interesting. And I guess a little bit of that awareness came into my consciousness that I am different. Um, but, you know, um, on the whole, I would say it was really, really not obvious in any way. But after that, I did notice that there was definitely a gravitational pull towards more of the foreign people in the next school when I went to the secondary school and it wasn't conscious but you know I realized looking back a lot of my friends were all sort of foreign in some way whether they were European or from other parts of the world other countries and but that was really lovely too and yeah. you know yeah so it was kind of cool yeah I, I think it's funny when you say that like that we do get drawn to certain people and we all get into this kind of these bubbles that we we enjoy and that's so neat that that was that was your bubble was just kind of people from everywhere that's so cool just having that experience and getting to meet people from all over um it's one thing with my childhood that I just didn't have diversity where I grew up it, mm -hmm. it was just very very white and it just wasn't really taught to me that this is why you should learn about other people or this is why you should practice another language. So when you go to another country that you can integrate and feel good and speak with these people, it just wasn't taught to me. So when I hear those kinds of stories, I'm just like, oh man, that is so neat to, to hear. I mean, I think the only sort of cultural exchange that ever occurred was if missionaries came in to the church that I went to as a kid and then it was really kind of put on display and then I, I didn't ever meet them or anything so I never really got to talk to them so I think that's really amazing that a you were in London and it's such a diverse place and then that you had these friends from all over I think that's so cool thank you <laughs> Yeah. Um, so do you do you still speak any other languages? Yeah. So my mother tongue, I still speak fluent Gujarati, which is where I'm from. Um, I still understand Hindi and you know, and then English. So they're my only languages. I did learn sort of French and Spanish when I was at school, but never quite kept it up because there wasn't the need. Yeah. Sure. Would you mind saying um, a phrase in, in your native tongue? It's so, so <laughs> difficult. I mean, I can, if you were to ask me a question, I could probably answer it in just a quick, short answer in Gujarati, but it's really hard to think of what to say. Yeah. And it, yeah. All right. So how are you today? What do you that's so beautiful. 
Thank you. I love that. Again, that's one thing. I, I, I ask a lot of people what their superpower would be. Just mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a fun question. It's just like gives you that like whimsical feeling of being a kid and being like, what would I do if I could pick one thing? If I could rub the genie bottle and get one wish, um, I would, mine is always that I, I would love to speak every language, be able to speak every language. Even if I didn't know it was a language, I wish that I could just go to someone wherever, like the middle of nowhere and speak their language. Um, I just think it's so beautiful. I love how poetic that sounds. It's just absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Oh my God, I love that as a superpower. I never even thought of that, but I mean, it's so lovely, isn't it? Because the idea that you can converse with somebody in the, their own language is just so, so validating. Yeah. As English speakers, you know, American English, the, the fact is that we are very spoiled. We're very lucky that it is quite a strong international language. But, yeah. you know, we do sort of go places and expect someone or another to speak our language, wherever, whatever country we're in. We could be in the middle of, you know, Africa and still expect somebody to speak English there. And yeah. but what a beautiful thing to, to to be able to do, you know, to wish for, like as a superpower. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's so true of like we are very, very fortunate. I remember I, I work with bands and tour in the music industry for a living. Mm -hmm. Um the first tour I ever went on in Europe, I was selling merchandise for the band. So I was back behind the stand and I was like the face for the band, but it was a Canadian band and I sadly only speak English. And what was so striking is every single time someone would come up and start speaking in their native language. And I just, I loved hearing it. I thought it was so beautiful. Then I had to deliver the, I only speak English. Then and all 17 countries, it was like, okay. They just <laughs> flick, just switched it straight over and then it was fine. And it was so neat just to be like, oh, that is so cool. I wish that it was so neat to just hear that, that switch in, in no time of like, oh, okay, English, great. And so, yeah, it's a, a massive benefit to me, but th there's been moments in my life where people have messed with me that, like I was in Denmark and this, this man just messed with me acting like he didn't know English and then was like, I know English. I was in a small village and it was just like, I felt like this big when, when everything happened. And I was like, because of that moment, I, I have so much empathy for somebody that comes into this country and is nervous about speaking our language who might not know it well, but knows it better than they think they do, but they're nervous because it's a, mostly what we speak and so i think i think if people traveled more and and saw how it felt when they don't when you don't speak someone's language like it is it's daunting unless you just like fall into it and and embrace it and just come at it with respect like i think they'd have a lot more respect for people on the flip side of it Oh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, once upon a time, I'm sure you'll agree, Nick, you know, when people travel, they used to make more of an effort, you know, they'd get a little translation. Now you've got Google Translate. But now we've, we've become more and more kind of like, oh, does anybody speak English, you know, and it's, yeah. it's a shame because we should make more of an effort, you know, when we go somewhere. And it's, and it's really good for the brain. It's really yeah. good for the heart, you know. Yeah yeah um speaking of the heart you do a lot of heart work with the heart i was reading through your your bio um the one thing that stuck out to me i thought was really neat is um and i just wanted to ask you about it a very vague part but heart wisdom mm -hmm. i think that's a really beautiful way to put what the heart does because usually you think of a wise soul or your brain is wise but i really think I, I i don't know if i've heard heart wisdom before so can you speak on that for a minute yeah i'd love to oh that's nice of you to say so thank you appreciate yeah. that yeah I've, i have never really thought about it but um heart wisdom because you know anything we experience once it's fully metabolized 
becomes knowledge and anything that is experiential knowledge for me is wisdom you know and so the heart does contain wisdom because the heart knows everything as far as I'm concerned my experience with working with the heart is the heart is both a mirror and a magnet it mirrors everything we're holding on to that is not true that is not wisdom and it it keeps throwing experiences back you know, into our lives so that we process the truth. And if we don't, then the same lessons will be, you know, given to us again and again. And they get sometimes, you know, a little bit stronger, the knocks get a bit louder. Um, because the heart's really, really benevolent. And it's simply trying to say, you know, this is something you need to look at. And when you really look at it, when you have the courage to face it, when you have the courage to deal with it and confront it properly, then it turns into wisdom. Because behind any sort of thing that we're holding on to that is toxic or negative or, you know, causes us pain, there's an untruth. And when we really get to the truth of whatever it is, the heart contains the truth. And the heart knows it's like a jigsaw puzzle and a piece just falls into place and when it falls into place the heart just expands with wisdom and that wisdom becomes you know what we then mirror out into the world and so when you see people who are really blessed and you look at people you go god how come that person's life is suffering so much and they're struggling and then this person is incredibly blessed and whatever they do somehow you know they do well or it turns out right or somehow things work out for them what's the difference and i would say heart wisdom you know the difference is you know one person hasn't metabolized what is not true and the other person has metabolized more of what is true and the more we metabolize what is true the more we become magnets for the goodness in the world and that's when life keeps on bestowing blessing upon blessing upon blessing versus suffering upon suffering upon suffering and so i always say you know really the wisdom contained in your heart is really reflected on how easily your life flows and when your life flows easily then that is the level of wisdom you've attained wow that is so beautiful i i i just love that concept because again going back to where where you typically think of wisdom coming from is is somewhere else from the heart you think of love or even if you just think of it as a literal sense of like where you're the beat of your heart. But yes. I think it, it's so beautiful to think of love as a concept and, and just where that comes from in your heart and the wisdom that that bestows into your life. And yeah, that is like, I couldn't say it any better than, than your, the beautiful way you described it. I think it's, it's such, yeah, I think, if more people followed that and thought about the wisdom of their heart, because I think, and I'm, I might be speaking out of turn for people, but I think in most people's heart, I don't think they're that hateful. I think they get that as a concept in their brain and then they just like at, react and act based on that. But I think if you follow your heart more, I think we, I think we're built to be empathetic and like be the, the accepting and loving type, but people just get it in their brains and then they get these attitudes and they go different ways. So I, I think it's a really, that's so beautiful. I love, I love that. Thank you. I completely agree with you. I think, you know, if you take away all our stories, you know, and all the conditioning, I think we're all empathic, we're all telepathic, we're all very sensitive to each other and we all work collaboratively, you know, and come together as one humanity. But I, I think it's the stories and the unprocessed fear and the unprocessed traumas that, that create stories of, of hate or division or negativity, whatever it might be. And so, you know, we need to work on that now, you know, we need to come back together to create the beautiful world that we're living in, to be a space and place where we recognize we are one and oneness comes from 
you know, really looking after each other. It's not about being the same. It's about how we relate to each other, how we respect each other. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. such a true point. I think also people focus on being, being the same. And it's like, no, no, no. Like let's celebrate our differences. Like we, we are all, like my podcast says we are, we're all beautifully human and that's just the truth. Like we are all human and beautifully human means every part of your human person makes you beautiful but it's really amazing when you can celebrate our differences because that that's what makes this world go round if we were all the same and just robots it wouldn't be culturally diverse it wouldn't be there, there wouldn't be anything different we would all do the same thing we'd have the same interests and it'd be really boring it'd be <laughs> so boring if we were all just liked the same things, talked about the same stuff, did the same stuff. It just wouldn't be that exciting. You wouldn't have the cultural, the diversity. That, that's It should be celebrated, all of it. Absolutely. Well, it's what keeps us interested, right? Yeah. If you meet somebody who's exactly the same as you very soon, at the beginning you might go, oh, my God, this is amazing. We're exactly the same. But within like sort of a very short amount of time, you'd run out of things to say because you'd just be the same. Whereas it's when you meet somebody new and who has different ideas and different cultural experiences and different, you know, childhood experiences or different life experiences and, and language. And then all of a sudden there's something to learn. There's something to gain from that exchange. And it's so, so beautiful. Yeah. Or it can be. Yeah. It can be, yes, definitely. Yeah. All right, it's a perfect segue and I have to take it this time. I always ask if obviously all our restrictions right now are aside in this scenario we're we're in a world where we can travel freely and I came to you and I said I have a plane ticket to anywhere in the world. Where would you fly to? <laughs> Can I do a round-the-world trip? Yeah, absolutely. Where would you yeah. start your trip? Um, gosh, so many places that I would really, really love to see. But I would say probably I would have to start at Bora Bora, and I'll tell you why. All right. The, the, the main reason that I would have to start my trip in Bora Bora is I have a 15-year-old niece, and she is an old, old soul, and she's a beautiful old soul. And don't ask me why, but somewhere growing up, you know, in the last eight years, I would say, she has been obsessed with that place. You know, something about it just called her spirit, called her heart. And so she's been saying to me, you know, would you take me there? You know, I would love to go there. I will go there with you. And I said, well, when you grow up, you probably won't want to go with me, you know, yeah, but sure. it's a place that she's always, always been, been drawn to. But I think that would be definitely a place that I would like to start my journey. I would love to explore, you know, certain parts of Southern America, for sure. I've been to lots of parts in America, which I love. But uh, Southern America, I think definitely where there's sort of more the indigenous people, some of the more sort of uh, indigenous tribes. I don't do well with, you know, like the raw nature, but I love it. Yeah. But I do need my sort of comforts. And so... You know, if I could do a, a lovely sort of, you know, trip where I could meet some real, you know, people who live with the wisdom of the earth, that would be the thing I would love to do anywhere where there's people with very different and yet very similar kind of outlook on life. Because I look at some of the indigenous tribes and the way they think and feel and believe and some of the prayers and chanting and all of those things, it's all very similar. Yeah. You know, it's its different because it's part of, it's their history, it's their culture. But you look at the science or you look at, you know, the intention behind it and it's so similar. So I think that would be the thing I would, I would love to do. Love yeah. to, yeah, connect with some of those people. Yeah, I love that. I think, I love that you had a, a, a very 
straightforward answer that is just coming straight from that heart. And I, I love that. I think it's funny, too, that you said, when you grow up, you probably won't want to travel with me, but I would love to take you there. Um, yeah. yeah, Bora Bora, that, that's that's a fun one. I, I love that it just called to her that she, the, that's the beautiful part about this question is, at any point in our life and obviously it changes or you're someone like me who I would answer it with that same question the, the same answer you did of like can I just go everywhere if that's the option can I just have a ticket to all places which is the perfect answer but every answer is so neat because what draws you in as a kid I remember as a kid I was fascinated with Helsinki Finland the architecture something about it just really spoke to me and then when i finally got there i was like oh my god this place is amazing i loved i absolutely loved it so it's just funny as like a kid growing up in ohio is like oh finland speaks to me and then your niece is bora bora it's it's so it's so neat like where in the world calls to us and it makes a lot of sense when you were speaking about learning from from the people who live off the earth i mean i can't i think coupling it with my want to speak languages i would love to go there and know the language that they speak and then learn from them i think that would be amazing but the experience just in life of going to to those indigenous people and just like soaking in it's it's truly incredible to to see civilizations like that and people that are still doing that to this day it's really amazing Oh, ab absolutely. And yes, I think there's nothing quite like being able to go to a native place and, you know, where there's, and speaking the native language, because it allows you to be fully immersed. You're not missing out, you know, when you already speak your language, and of course, you'll always find somebody who will speak or translate or whatever, but you know you miss out on the nuances don't you like all you know when you're sitting in a cafe and you hear the conversation next to you or walking down the street and seeing signs or whatever it might be you know so yeah that would be really cool yeah. yeah i love that you said sitting in a cafe because it's one thing that i miss so much about traveling is just sitting in another country and listening to whatever languages are flowing over my head and it's just like Yes, I would love to be able to catch words and be like, oh, I know that one. But I do love just sitting in this poetic symphony of languages that I have no idea what they're talking about. And it's so beautiful. But also, yes, I do sit there and go, damn it. I wish I knew. I wish I knew what they were saying. It'd be super fun. Um, what is the most surprising place that you've been to? A surprising place. Oh gosh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't know that I've been surprised yet. Okay. Because, you know, I mean, I grew up, so my dad worked in the airline industry. So from a young age, we, you know, very young age, we traveled. So, you know, I did, even though I was only very, very tiny, of course, I was a baby, but we did a sort of like a really long trip on the boat from Africa to India. You wow. know? So, so you, you can imagine what kind of cultural sort of influences would have been there and, you yeah. know, what we would have seen or experienced, even though it was sort of unconscious to me as a baby. And I grew up traveling a lot. So we did travel quite a lot. So I just took it all in my stride, took it all for granted. And, and I'm not an adventurous person in that way of traveling because I just do like my creature comforts if I'm really yeah. honest. So I've, I'm, of all the places that I've traveled, everything's been fairly sort of safe for me you know so I've always gone places where I feel I can be safe I haven't gone out like explored you know um because I'm vegetarian as well and I would feel very uncomfortable being in a country where I couldn't get vegetarian food so I've yeah. never traveled to places like China or Vietnam or you know sort of those sort of places or you know somewhere off the beaten track yeah. And most places, you know, are very, very similar. And in some respects, especially now, if you think about how big chains have taken over, you know, like the sort of Starbucks and, you know, so everywhere you go, there's something familiar. So nothing's ever been a real surprise. But I think the most sort of 
interesting things have been around India because India is so diverse and sometimes when you're traveling you see certain parts of India that are not familiar to me it was really really interesting and it was sometimes a bit of a shock you know so um, northern India was a real shock it's a place I wouldn't want to go back in a rush because it was just so super crowded yeah you've never seen so many colors you've never smelt so many smells and some of them weren't necessarily pleasant <laughs> you've never seen so many people and despite being Indian you know I remember the experience of actually standing out like a sore thumb there more than I ever did in England you know I remember just maybe the way I dress maybe I don't know what it was but at the time you know young girl I was about 19 and I just remember so many eyes on me and my friend we were both walking down the street and we just had so men women children just looking at us you know just staring at us like we were aliens and so that was probably the most disturbing kind of experience in my own country but not the part i'm from so yeah yeah. oh man all of that just like gets me excited hearing stories of travel and like feeling those feelings that you get in the certain places that you go to and i'm actually vegan so i can fully understand traveling to places where it's like what are we going to eat it's tough i i my partner and i went all around like northern like finland northern norway and then we went through the baltic states and one common food that we we loved to go to mostly because we just love the food but also because it's very friendly for vegetarians and vegans is indian food i mean we've eaten indian food all over the world and it's so good because it's just something i absolutely love anyway but also it was just very nice because mo- like it's majority can be vegan or vegetarian. So that's, that's one thing I, I can fully understand. Like I have aspirations to go anywhere in the world, but it does, it does guide you to certain places more because of that, of like where, where, what are we going to eat? Especially with being vegan, it's, it's even harder. So I can I can fully understand you on the the traveling to places that are not the most um, friendly for that. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know because you know it, it doesn't matter, and you don't mind even if, if like I don't mind if we didn't eat a lot, but we need something. Yeah, you know, just something. And some places you just yeah you just couldn't even think about it. So yeah, it does change but but obviously that has changed a lot you know in more recent years and more and more people are becoming vegan or more conscious and you know um, yeah thinking back to my sort of growing up childhood days you know it wasn't so common oh i know yeah I, i remember even the first time I, I tried to do vegetarian even was like nine years ago and especially even here it was hard it it was hard but now when i went vegan a year and a half ago and even vegetarian past that it was like a lot has changed you know and um but then it's funny i'm thinking like saturday i was at a music festival in ohio and i walk into catering and there's literally nothing there for vegan or like vegetarian the one thing that was there was a salad but then they didn't even have anything like they had they we didn't have, have any finished. vegan dressings they they had ranch and thousand island and so i was like am i supposed to eat just sat like dry lettuce and it wasn't even like nice like a nice salad it was just like iceberg lettuce and i was like and then i know that's a very privileged place to walk into a place where there's free food and complain about it. But I was like, man, there's still pockets of this country that you walk into and you can't hardly eat anything. And so, yeah, it's just funny having that in your mind also with your travels to be like, oh, well, maybe I can't eat this in this place. Well, you know, it's sad because the choices should be there. Yeah. Because 
the choice to not have something, you know, that's even vegetarian, you know, just to have a choice of something vegan is so easy, you know, you just a bit yeah. of olive oil and a bit of balsamic. I mean, it's not difficult. So you, yeah. it does. So I understand where you're coming from. It's not that you're ungrateful that they're providing food for people, but it's like, it's so easy to provide for us, you know, just to sort of, you know, just take out the, the sort of dairy or just take out yeah. the meat stuff and, you know, but make it a bit more interesting. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I struggle with that because that's, that is, it's so simple. Yeah. People are like, oh, you, you're vegan. Do you eat eggs? No. no, anything that has an animal in it. And I think what I find is, especially here, people just mm -hmm. don't, think about what all has animal products in it yeah. and it's like what about mayonnaise yeah no i can't like you know it's just this mindset where people just like yeah i think i think there some people are just lagging on what what it means and what's what animals are in too which it's it's incredible um it's because we're supermarket kids, you know, we've grown up with supermarkets, so we don't actually have to go through the process of making it, so we don't know what goes into it, we don't have to go and collect the eggs from the chicken or, but, you know, I remember sort of growing up saying I was vegetarian, you know, the question was, do you eat chicken? It's like, I don't understand why that would be vegetarian. You know? right. It's like you're going, I don't understand how eggs or mayonnaise could be not be, you know, could be vegan. Like, you yeah. know, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, yeah, that happens. That happens still more often than I think it would when yes. I get asked those questions. It's like, oh. all right. Yeah. Um, I want to shift yeah. gears and mm -hmm. ask you more about your Ayurvedic work. How did mm -hmm. you get into it? Or when did you learn about that? Um, so uh, I grew up um, in an Ayurvedic family. So my mum was actually an Ayurvedic doctor. She was one of the first women, you know, who studied in the first girls' school in her place, Mother Pradesh, in part of India. And um, so, you know, and all of her brothers and her dad, they're all doctors and she had seven brothers. And so, you know, they're all doctors, Ayurvedic doctors. So I kind of grew up with it in some ways because it was just the standard go-to. You know, if I was ill, she would just get some Ayurvedic stuff and that's what she would give me. So we wouldn't get over the counter stuff at all growing up, you know, and just, you know, child things that you would get. Um, but it was much later, really, that I really got into Ayurveda myself properly. So I sort of followed Deepak Chopra for a while, and I was really impressed at him bringing the East to the West, you know, and how he brought Ayurveda, meditation, and those sort of things. And I just loved it. I lived out there in San Diego for a while. And uh, and so, you know, it was, it was really lovely to see how it is such a wonderful sort of a tool to have um, and I also then my father fell ill and so the doctors in the west basically wrote him off and just said you know he's got arthritis he was 50 at the time and I'm like mm, I don't think this is arthritis wow. you know? yeah and gradually his his ability to walk sort of declined and over time it got really bad and I was like no, my heart just says, you know, this, this is not right. What they're saying is not right. And so convinced him to go to India um, and get proper Ayurvedic treatment. Because at the time, you couldn't get real Ayurvedic treatment in England. Few people were doing massages and things, but not the proper diet, the full spectrum, the diet, the yoga, the massage, you know, everything, bringing the body back into balance. And so took him to India and within six weeks he was walking and running. Wow. And not, no arthritis inside. So, yeah. It was wow. just, yeah. And, you know, this is the really interesting thing. So basically, you know, there was stuff in his body that toxins that built up from 
injections he'd had years ago. And so you can understand that, you know, the West doesn't recognize there's a correlation between something that might happen 30, 40, 50 years ago and the impact it has on your body today. And I think that's part of the wisdom of the East, you know, that everything has an impact, everything, some good, some not so good. And so we have to keep on making sure that we, we clear debris from our body from our emotional body from our physical body our spiritual bodies you know when we clear stuff then we become clear vehicles and we have good health and so it was really amazing to see that it was simply diet it was simply you know doing yoga every day breathing having massages that got him right back on track this is 10 years declining six weeks back to good health you know and so, wow. and that just convinced me. And I already was studying, already knew about it, was already doing meditations and already using a lot of the philosophies. But that just really made me go, I love Ayurveda and I want more people to experience it. And I started doing my retreats and inviting people and saying, you know, it's more something we should do every year because every year if you have a detox and you're going to be functioning so much better you know, then if you just go as a holiday, you know, as a yeah. tourist to experience Ayurveda, no, this is something part of self-care for me. It's part of, you know, not only self-care, but evolution. We want to evolve. We have to clear our minds and our hearts of the emotional debris that we're holding on to, thoughts, feelings, memories, you know, that are held for, for centuries, not only in our own lifetime, but generations, you know, through our ancestors, through our DNA, through our genes. And Ayurveda helps clear all of it. You know, the Jnana Yoga I do clears ancestral patterns, ancestral energies, ancestral conditioning. And so for me, it's the absolute, you know, like must, we must, if we want good health, if we want to be well and longevity, then that's what we need to be doing. Wow. What a powerful story about mm. your father. That, and I, yeah, I, it's just truly amazing how when you think of everything you were talking about with it, it, it makes so much sense of, yes, something that you did in the past or something that happened to you. It's like it will keep happening and wreaking havoc in you. And medicine just getting pumped in isn't going to solve that. And, I yeah wow I just think that's really incredible I don't know much about it I I, I know a little bit but I, I thank you for telling me more and more about it because I think it's it just even just hearing that one story I'm like yeah that I would much rather have that practice and for myself than anything else that would come in that the doctors here would suggest Absolutely. I mean, it's such a beautiful, simple philosophy and yet so complex because it encompasses everything. But, you know, very simply, you know, the basic sort of premise of Ayurveda is that we are part of nature and nature is a part of us. And we need the full spectrum of nature to really experience balance and wellness. And so that means, you know, the colors, the sounds, the variety, the different tastes, the different sensations, the different experiences. You know, the more we have variety in our life, you know, the the stronger our, our wellness is going to be, our immunity is going to be strengthened by having, and we're in the West where things become more and more homogenous it's actually not very healthy for us yeah yeah Yeah, and i i mean i'm i'm gonna take it from the beauty that you're talking about and i'm i I just think what an amazing concept just as a human experiencing the world we would all be in a far better place if we we took that the the simple mentality that goes with it and just put it to our our lives i think we'd all be far more it'd be a far more beautiful place if we if we all felt that way towards each other and nature and all of it i think it would be such a such a beautiful place 
Absolutely. It already is. As you say, we, we already are all beautifully human and the world is already beautifully, you know, the beautiful world. Um, but it's, it's how we're experiencing it. All. And, you know, when, when we get stuck in anything, we don't experience a full beauty. And so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's so amazing. I love it. All right. I have two final questions for you. The first one is, what would you want the world to know about you? Um, so I am beautifully human. <laughs> I don't always embody it. I do sometimes struggle being human, being grounded, you know, yeah, on this planet. And every day, that's what I'm working towards, being more and more present, you know, bringing the two parts of myself together, the East and West, and the spiritual and the human. And so every day, it's about becoming more and more human, but with real spirituality. And what that means is that, that you know, overarching sense of the whole world being part of a universe and we are so much greater than the sum of our parts and that's who i'm working towards being greater than the sum of all my parts yeah i love that i love that and i mean that's as as we go through life we as we actively do that that's that's it's beautiful when you when you know that you are just human and that that's okay but when you when you realize that we all we have to work towards that every single day and it's a really beautiful way to go through life of actively being that and being present in that those moments and and learning from all of it it's it's a really beautiful way to be active and just move forward in life knowing that we need to combine everything absolutely absolutely yeah. It's so true, isn't it? Yeah, and that's yeah. what you're doing with your podcast. So. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so fun. I get I get so enriched. I get to learn so much every day from every person I talk to. There's not been one podcast that I hang up on and be like, man, I don't know about that. I'm always super jazzed. It's a beautiful way to start my day. I mean, here it's ten in the morning, so it's it's this was the first conversation I've had today, and so now I get to go and think about everything we've spoken about and that will help my present and, and my, my future as well, because I'll be thinking about all this new knowledge that you've bestowed on me. And it's such a, it's so fun. I mean, I think the art of conversation is lost on a lot of people and it's, it's truly amazing when you can sit down with somebody who we've exchanged a couple emails, but you're a perfect stranger as of literally one hour ago. And the fact that we've had the ease of conversation that we have because we literally know nothing about each other. So the fact that I can just say, tell me the story of your life and then we can weave together a conversation is really incredible. And there's so much to learn from you and from your life and your experiences and that I, that I haven't had because it's your experience. So it's so, it's so fun to, to have these conversations and then, let people listen to them which is super cool too and if i ever want to come back and revisit this i can just hit play on our podcast and hear your wisdom and your heart wisdom and it's so it's so wonderful yeah absolutely absolutely and it's people like you who are you know doing these podcasts you know that bring these conversations together for people because somebody out there is listening to all the different conversations you're having and we, you just don't know what touches people's lives, do you? You just don't know that what that one thing is that people need to hear on that one day that could make the difference, yeah. you know, to the trajectory of their life. So it's so wonderful. And it's so lovely because chances are that you and I would, would in this big, huge world, you know, we would never have met because, yeah. uh, you know, what are the chances of our paths crossing, you know? Right. Uh, and so it's so lovely that this gives us that opportunity to do that you, know, yeah. you sitting in Nashville and me sitting in the UK and it's yeah. the afternoon here gray and dreary and <laughs> you know but it's yeah. so lovely to you know you brought the sunshine to my space so really yeah. lovely yeah uh, yeah it is and even if we're not judgmental people like this certain 
types of of places I go versus where you go. I mean, yeah, the chances of you and I actually running into each other and then having this conversation organically probably wouldn't have happened. So I'd love, yeah, it's just so neat that now I have this space where I can have these conversations with people and just truly, truly enjoy humanity and grow in myself and then just spread ripples into the world. I mean, almost three years ago now, I almost lost my life because of my alcoholism. Um, and so when I lived through it and I've, I've been progressing into better health and better mental space, and I just saw a lot of hatred coming out, especially of my country. I mean, it happens all over the world, but it's been very hypersensitive and hyper-focused and very, very crazy in this country for, for the last few years. And I just was like, you know what? I have been fortunate to travel the world. I've met so many beautiful people and I've been so inspired by people and just, I love it so much and it's so dear to my heart and it's it's how I've grown the most is once I started traveling, especially out of this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought what better way to present this and, and leave a ripple into the world of, of beauty because when I was almost, or when I was told I might die, that that was in my head of like, what did I leave in this world? Like, was I just the, the crazy fun party guy or do I get to leave a better legacy? And so when I've been moving forward, I'm just like, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have these conversations and whoever it touches, whatever that we get to collectively help or inspire with this conversation is is really amazing and you and i may never know we may never know what we've inspired somebody and i think that's beautiful in and of itself that someone's life could take a different turn because of you and i's conversation absolutely absolutely and people need to hear that you know we're human you know they might listen to this conversation and they might say wow i never knew that about nick or gosh i never knew that henna had this experience and you know and we've been through different traumas in different ways and and how do we remain beautifully human you know how do we come back to our heart and it's asking that question you know is this the legacy i want to leave and you know obviously the answer was no you know you wanted to get your life back on track and you know and because obviously there was something there that you know um the alcohol would have been supporting like a yeah. crutch and it's like how do we get out of that space and, yeah yeah and doing something like this is just beautiful right? yeah it inspires you yeah and and where i come from too i talk about it a lot but it's it's always my target audience because a lot of it is i just saw it coming saw a lot of the hatred coming out of there and i was just like i want to also give these conversations as a gift to someone who isn't fortunate enough to travel and meet people from all over and maybe they're not listening maybe they are but i want people to listen to these conversations even if they're never going to be able to travel or meet people outside of their 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 friend group or their their little bubble mm-hmm. just to just to hear people's experiences from all over the world and then find out that you can relate to people and that if we really boil down to that we want to be loved we want to be seen we want to be accepted and that doesn't change if you're from Africa if you're from India if you grew up in the UK if you grew up in the states if you grew up in Bora Bora. Exactly. You know, that, yes, there's different circumstances, there's different experiences, but we are beautifully human and we we want the same things. And I I think it's really important to give that to people as, I mean, even diving into race and gender and sexuality and dietary needs and restrictions and all of that to to give that to people who just don't know they've never had a conversation with somebody in any of those different sectors of life so that's where that's where i'm at with it i just want to have these conversations for me selfishly but also it's really amazing to put them out in the world and 
see what it see what it does. Well, I I really agree. You know, I really feel like um, you know when when you're in some sort of trauma, you get stuck in your own little world, and you don't remember there's a whole world out there. And then when you experience through a conversation or through something another you know perspective another part of the world another experience you know because of somebody sharing i think it opens up your own world and suddenly those problems kind of don't necessarily have to feel the same i'm not saying it takes it away but you know it gives us the opportunity it raises our consciousness and when our consciousness is raised we're able to get through problems far more easily yeah. And you know, and that's you know, it's beautiful and that's the work I'm here to do is to really, yeah. really help raise consciousness because I believe that's where healing occurs. Yeah. You know, and everybody has trauma. Being human is traumatic, That's an that is that should just be a quote that everybody should put in their heart and just know that life is not easy it is life but in, in being human is traumatic that is exactly. that is a very just the truest sense of life is it is traumatic but yeah. there's there's beauty out there to to get into and people in the world to to engage with that that have been through those traumas like everybody experiences it yes. not in the same way because we're all one singular human but mm-hmm. It's beautiful to hear how people have taken in what you've had happen and then put it into their lives. And you can always learn. You can always learn from people. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So wonderful. Yeah. All right. Last question for you mm-hmm. is if you had the ear of everybody in the whole world, what would you mm-hmm. say to them? I would say that, you know, in keeping with the podcast, we are all incredibly beautifully human. And, you know, we all have memories of trauma somewhere. We all have had experiences that we haven't metabolized. And the greatest gift to humanity that we can give and the greatest gift we can give to ourselves is to heal those traumas, to heal those memories, to heal that pain. Because only when we truly heal can we come back to that sense and place of wholeness, that where beauty lies. You know, that is where beauty lies. When we come back to that sense of wholeness and life begins to flow easily and effortlessly as it should, where we can all be prosperous and it's not dependent on our jobs. You know, as a world we come together, there's more than enough in this world, you know, absolutely more than enough. The lack comes from our own stories. And when we heal and we heal ourselves, we heal humanity, we can experience this world in a much, much brighter way, much more beautiful way. And so if I could speak to the whole wide world, it's up to each of us to work on ourselves, to work on healing those things so that we can come back to wholeness. Yep, 100%. Couldn't say it better myself. Emma, this has been so fantastic. I I truly appreciate your flexibility and I I appreciate your time and just sharing all the wisdom you have with me today and having this incredible conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I really appreciate your time and for doing this and, you know, and having me on your podcast. It's been such a pleasure. I really love the conversation. Yeah, it's been it's been a beautiful way to start my day. I, I will leave and just be super energized from from this conversation. So, well, I wish you and your listeners a great week and wherever they are whenever they listen to this thank you so much you're so welcome thank you for listening to the beautifully human podcast to hear more beautiful stories from beautiful humans follow us on spotify and rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. follow us on instagram at the beautifully human podcast peace signs up